Hey guys, and welcome to Hypo Hugs. My name's Steph. And I'm Michelle. Hypo Hugs is brought to you by the Children's Hyperinsulinism Charity, who provides support to families who have loved ones with hyperinsulinism. If you would like any more information about the charity or have any suggestions or comments, please contact us on hypohugs at hyperinsulinism.co.uk. Also, if anyone wishes to take part in an episode of Hypo Hugs, please drop us an email and we'll get right back to you. Thanks. So welcome to our very first visitor. It's Rebecca. (laughs) Welcome to Hypo Hugs. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're most oh, welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> We're looking forward to having a chat with you, to be honest. Yeah. yeah pl- please don't be scared. Um, no, we're very friendly. We are. <laughs> how are things with you, Rebecca? All right. Um, they're, they're much the same is how I describe it, which is we're plodding along, but things can always be better. Yeah. I'll never quite get there. That's um, always the case in the world of hyperinsulinism, isn't it? You have yeah. good days and your bad days. And yes, yeah, like we've not long spoke about, you know, something will come along and bam, everything yep. changes. Exactly. So <laughs> well, it should, should be like the family motto or something for everyone, shouldn't it? It should, yeah, definitely. Everyone gets it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know you all get it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I think actually as well, I don't know if you've seen but we've started doing like a weekly check-in on our support group as well. Yes, I have seen that. I think that's such a fab idea. You know, you just use the heart, a different colour heart emoji to let people know how your week's going. And that's the way Steph said about it. And I said, oh gosh, I said, mine's going to be black. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the case though, you know. <laughs> but actually just from that, what it came across to me as that you know the world of hyperinsulinism is very much a roller coaster yeah you have your good days your bad days you know you have your great days and and then your world gets turned upside down you know I think what's good about that post is you may be having a bad day and then you see that post comes up like oh someone else is having it all right okay I'm not on my own other people are having bad days okay I'm not on my own deep breaths it's also nice to see people having good days Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, like yeah. I wasn't having such a good day when I posted, <laughs> responded to that, but it was nice to see other people out there. Yeah. yeah. Like you say, it's the roller coaster. Yeah, it does. It, yeah, but it, it means it's not always going to be bad. No, no. Exactly. I, mean, <laughs> I, um, you know, obviously with my daughter having been in hospital just recently, it was that completely threw me and set me back a little bit but now she's back to the wild child that I know and I'm tearing my hair out and I'm going oh my god <laughs> which, which type of child do I prefer <laughs> so Rebecca how did um, your journey begin ours was a bit atypical in sort of the world of hyperinsulinism so Eleanor was nearly three when she first showed symptoms. So before that, absolutely normal pregnancy, normal birth. There were no issues whatsoever. Um, And then 
just before she turned three, so late 2017, we had a few cases where um, she would wake up in the morning and be a, a bit hazy, just a bit funny, and we didn't really piece it together for a bit. And then one morning, two days before we flew out to Australia for a five-week holiday, she woke up and she couldn't talk, she couldn't walk, she was blue around the mouth. She was staring at the walls. She just couldn't function at all. Um, and I managed to get some food into her and we got her up to see a doctor. And they, by that stage, she was sort of fine. She'd come out of this, this state and they did her sugars and it was fine. Um, I think she was like 5.2, but she had quite high ketones. So they put it down to an episode of ketotic hypoglycemia. We went out to Australia and she had a few more cases of this sort of haziness in the morning got back from there and um, because of jet lag, she had an extra long sleep and again, woke up with this really, you know, unable to walk, talk, do anything really. Um, and I ran into a friend that week who is a pediatric dietitian and he said, you really need to get this looked at. So I took her to the doctors and that sort of started a very long journey that was really quite traumatic in the end. I took her to the doctor and he said, he wouldn't refer her to the pediatric team. He said, they're just cases of hyperglycemia. It's perfectly normal. And I can remember the words, the parting words, because you know where it feels like they've just jinxed it. He said, if it was anything serious, it'd be so rare, we wouldn't bother testing for it. And I, the, my immediate thought in my head was, I'm going to be back here in six months time with something really rare. <laughs> and of course we were. So that was, that was the doctor's response. So we went away from that. And then she kept having these cases of, being really hazy in the morning. I mean, we now know that they're absent seizures, what she was having. Yeah. And she'd have a really low temperature. She'd drop to like 34. So she wouldn't even register properly on a digital thermometer. And we had a case where she dropped in the morning and then we went out to a friend's place. And when we got there, she had another one of these episodes. And I checked on their thermometer and she was 34. So I rushed her up to the doctors because my friend had said, you've got to get her seen when she's symptomatic. And that's why it's so hard to get diagnosed. So I rushed her up there with her being symptomatic. This GP refused to do a blood sugar test. I asked him and he said, no, she looks fine. So they didn't do anything. So we were left for that. And then began sort of months of me just trying to nab any healthcare professional I could and just ask them, what do you know about blood sugars? What does this sound like? Because anything that came up was diabetes, but it wasn't matching the symptoms that she had. So I just didn't really know where to turn to, but I talked to nurses, I talked to pharmacists, I talked to anyone that I could come across. Didn't get anywhere and Eleanor was just getting worse and worse and worse. She started to look terrible. She looked pale, she had these terrible red bags under her eyes. We had lots more cases of absence and, and symptoms throughout the day and in the mornings. And by the time we got to July, August, 2018 so we're sort of eight nine ten months into this she would have to like lie on the couch for two hours every day because she just said I'm just too tired I mean what three-year-old wants to do that it's not normal so I then discovered that you can buy a glucometer I always thought it was something the doctor had to give you so I got one and I thought if the doctors aren't going to help me I'm going to find out these numbers myself and I thought I'd only test her when she's symptomatic but then I thought well I need to know what her numbers are when she's normal and I can remember a way with friends in Oxford and I tested her on a morning where she had no symptoms and she was 2.4 and that was probably the highest number we got 
So anytime she was symptomatic, she was in the ones. So I knew something was really wrong. So as soon as we got back, I took her up to the doctors again and I showed him all the numbers that I'd got. And he just shrugged and said, sugars vary. And that was his response. And I said, I was so terrified at this point that she really, really... the same GP from before. It was, yeah, yeah. Um, and I said, I can't leave this room without a referral to someone. And he said, I'm not going to put one in. So I said, well, I'm going to have to pay to go privately. And he said, that's fine. And that was what we were left to do. So we paid to see a private endocrinologist that's attached to the hospital near where we are. And he managed to give us a ketone reader. And he said, monitor her for the next week or two. And he got us on to using a Dexcom as well. Mm-hmm. And that picked up loads and loads of lows that she was having. And when we got back and showed him the readings, he discovered that she just wasn't making ketones. And he was the one that was then able to get us into a specialist children's hospital and get her seen. But we didn't even make that because she wound up at A&E about a week later because I couldn't get her sugars above 3.5. And of course, when we got to the hospital, her sugars were in the fives and they said, there's no problem. And I said, can you just give us an hour? And they could see she was eating and they tested her an hour later and she was back to 2.9. So they were able to admit her and then get us transferred down. And so that was how we got in. But the only way we did that was by us paying. So I can't imagine what would happen if we were a family that didn't have access to the funds to be able to do that. I mean, she was really sick by the time we got down to the hospital. She was really terrible. And And have you seen the GP since? I I did lodge an official complaint. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. And their response was that they believe they handled everything fine, which is quite staggering. Um, So (laughs) it's quite understandable to say that we're no longer with that GP. Well, well, I'm not surprised. (laughs) (laughs) Also, because after when we got back from that first hospital stay, um, we gave them the list of all the medicines that she would need. Mm. And every couple of weeks, they just take the dioxide off because they didn't want to pay for it. So they oh. would delete it from her things. And so, yeah, so we had all sorts of problems with them. And, yeah, so we, we left. We left them. But I was, I was very irate. With because, that, you know, that is, that is something that us as a charity really find so irritating is that families aren't supported in the way that they should mm-hmm. be. And for a GP not to have picked up on that, not to have done a referral, when you're going in and giving them clearly all this evidence, and then, of course, you're getting the diagnosis, and then they're not prescribing the medication, that, in a way, is kind of negligence. Yeah, I know, I know. And so they have to tread very, very carefully. We're homeschooling at the moment. How are you? And of course, it's half term next week, and then we're into yeah. the last term of the year before the summer holidays. So I know. I feel she's hardly been out till September. Yeah. <laughs> oh, where does the time go? I know. I know. And that's frustrating as well, isn't it? Um, sort of community teams and yeah, you know, their availability because they're stretched as. A yeah. service as well so yeah because Eleanor she couldn't go back 
full time when schools went back anyway, because the trust that the schools associated with wouldn't pay for a full time one to one. Didn't go back to work. I so it's Can they not apply for higher needs funding. I, th I think they probably have. I, it's been sorted now, but we've just got the issue now of yeah. getting the training for the for the Mickey. Yeah. It's one thing after another. My little boy's got um, a mini Mickey as well. Oh! And, um, he got his in in February. And honestly, it has made the world a good. Because did, you have, did, did he have a peg before that? Yeah, he did, yeah. Good. He's got his initial peg in in February. And then he only got a mini peg last Thursday. Um, oh, oh, right. Absolutely a godsend, honestly. Because yeah. um, he used to have NG tubes. Yes, but okay. now he doesn't have it on his face, and yeah, because he, he doesn't eat anything. Yes, so okay. Now with his peg, he's at, he is actually getting interested in foods and stuff. So we're yeah. like, Ooh. fingers crossed. <laughs> how how old is Finn now? He's uh, two. Who? Two. Oh, fun age. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's at nursery just now, so this okay. is my day off. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> I mean, I've had this conversation with um, the specialist team with my daughter about because she still has the fretter peg. Yes. Okay. Um, and sort of say, you know, about changing to a Mickey button. Mm -hmm. But actually, with my daughter, it's very, very difficult because she's tactile and yes, she'll okay. pull up anything and everything. Yep. So the aim is to continue with the fretter. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think it depends. I mean, you know your child. So you know what's going to work best. I think Eleanor went for it in the end. She was quite resistant at the start, but I think once she discovered it was kind of a big girl's thing. Yeah. She's always wants to be kind of a bit more mature. And Yeah. I don't know if your nurse um, showed you these, but um, you actually get, can get little pads that go under the button to kind of like protect the skin underneath oh. it. And you can get different character ones. So like um, you can get Marvel ones or Disney ones or nice. all that kind of one. So um, she had a Thomas one. Now Finn loves Thomas. So he just started grabbing it and grabbing it. Was it. Just... <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll need you get a Thomas one. So it's on order at the moment. So, oh, um... well done. <laughs> I think there's someone online that does them. Yeah, yeah. He, well, the one I've got um, is on for, off eBay, and you, I think you can get like a pack of six for eight pounds. So it's no, not that bad, and yeah. you just throw them in the washing machine. And so back to your story, Rebecca. So that initial bit, the sort of ten months um, before she, we had a name for what was wrong for her, was really traumatic, and. It, I think all of us parents in that initial bit where you see your child unwell is something that you don't quite get over. And I, I found it so isolating. I, I felt like I was standing in a room full of doctors and just screaming, but nobody was listening. And I, I haven't really quite recovered from that. So we've asked um, for the psychologist that's associated with Eleanor's team to offer some sessions for me just to be able to talk through some mm. I feel with our journey, we've never reached a point where Eleanor has been quite stable. I feel like this process of actually diagnosing her and finding out what type of HI and all that is, is so long that I thought once we got a name for what was wrong with her, that anxiety, anxiety would sort of alleviate itself in some ways, but it kind of hasn't. We're still on this journey. Her last hospital admission, which was last week, 
the team decided to start again. So we took her off all medications and started the diagnostic tests again, just to make sure it actually was HI. But it feels like we're sort of two and a half years in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're still waiting for that answer of what type of HI, yeah. the best treatment, where do we go from here? It kind of is kind of like the tip of the iceberg, isn't it? It's like yeah. you get the, the name hyperinsulinism, yeah, okay. But then there's transient or there's focal yes. or there's uh, genetics or there's, yeah. you know yeah. what I mean? So it's like there's a whole different kettle of fish. Yeah. <laughs> As well, even though, because I, I don't know if you know this, Rebecca, but with my daughter, um, genetics early on when she was first diagnosed as a baby come back negative for her. Mm-hmm. And I only got the genetics last year. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, only last year. And that is only because obviously research is ongoing all the time. Um, but this gene that they found with my daughter, um, they've only known about the last two or three years. Isn't that so, amazing? Yeah, and the only reason it came about was because we were on the 100,000 genome study. Yes. And the and development disorders study as yep. well. So that's how um, it comes out. So, um, but I have since been back in contact with genetics down in Exeter and yes, okay. uh, engaged because they didn't sort of revisit Eliza, my daughter. So I gave them this whole profile of how she presents um, sort of over the last um, nine years. So it gives them a better picture for further research. That's um, brilliant. Now, but, um, but yeah, that, that was a bit of a shock to the system. Yeah. <laughs> You know, nine years later, I'm only just finding out with genetic flaws. We sent away genetics for, with Finn and it, they all came back negative again. And they've actually sent away more tests and um, the Exeter team are looking into it. Yeah. And so we're waiting back for them as well. We're still waiting for the PET scan as well. He's, oh, okay. he's like two and a half now and we've still not had the PET scan. Uh, we've been told that um, it's having to push back because of COVID and then... Mm-hmm because it's in Manchester and you make sure it's safe and everything. So we're just basically waiting for the word to go down. And yeah. So Eleanor's yeah. negative genetics as well. She's had two PET scans. She just had another one done on her last admission. Oh, if anything's changed. Eleanor tends to be less of what we do know and more of answers of no's to other things. I, I thought it's another example. Yeah. Example that- like, I can't tell you what she <laughs> I can tell you things she doesn't have. That's yeah. But this is Eleanor we're talking about. Yeah, this, is, this, is, this is how it goes. This is how we roll. Yeah. It's the interesting thing about our children as well is that they one size doesn't fit all. Every child is different in their um, presentation and um, and what goes on with hyperinsulinism in their little bodies and how they react to um, medications. And like I said, you know, you you can have. I mean, you were saying, Rebecca, you know, you, you haven't had a chance to sort of have like a kind of normality, but actually living with HI is the normality, but it's a constant changing all the time. You, we, like we said earlier, we have you, you have your good days, you have your bad days. Um, and it's a case of just coming to terms with, actually, this is in my life. Are we ever going to get to a place that, we are going to have a good run 
yeah. <laughs> of, of stable blood sugars. Um, yeah. I see, I see our journey to diagnosis in two parts, that bit where we had no name for it, that yeah. really sort of traumatic bit where I was just running on sheer fear and adrenaline and frustration and all that. And then we got this name for it. But then this other journey to diagnosis, finding out exactly what type of HI Eleanor has, you know, I'm still running on that adrenaline because she's she's not that stable and... yeah treatment plan is like her daily routine is really intense something happens like every hour during the day she's on overnight feeds she's but she's still hypo so there's never a sense that you can switch off yeah always I run on that adrenaline that I thought I wasn't going to after we got the name for it yeah and it's almost like you're hyper alert yeah 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 I mean I I get it myself even um you know I mean (laughs) Steph said before we come on here you know it's almost like you sense a feeling like you know things in nursery but you sense a feeling that you're going to get a phone call or something yeah. is going to happen that you were my phone like this yeah <laughs> yeah constantly with us you know because we're thinking oh my gosh are they going to phone or yeah you know, that's it you know I, I honestly I actually dropped them off this morning and I was just in my head I was like Right, I've packed everything, ever all the food and feeds and everything. Hypo kits in there. Right, something's going to go wrong. They're going to phone me. Just, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm waiting for it. See, because I've got so much. To, uh, I've got a list of stuff to do today. That's when they're going to phone. I'm like, I know yeah. they're going to phone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you just need to breathe. When do you get a meditation session going oh, in the, one of the classes? <laughs> Some, some sort of uh, meditation guru going on an online session or something <laughs> I was talking about a meditation session for hypo hugs now <laughs> deep breaths yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my oh, madness madness <laughs> thank you so much for talking with us Rebecca it's been lovely chatting with you regardless of what's been happening just lately for you really appreciate your company and yeah no thank you it's been really nice to talk actually thank you for joining us for our second episode on our next episode we'll be chatting with some hi experts and answering some of your questions around diagnosis and various forms of hyperinsulinism So if you want to contact us or submit any questions for any future episodes, please just email us on hypohugs at hyperinsulinism.co.uk. Sending you all massive hypohugs. And it's a goodbye from Steph. And it's a goodbye from Michelle. (laughs) Bye.